explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and then I was in a trance, and I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air, and I heard a voice saying to me, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. But I said, no, so, not so, Lord, uh, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth, but the voice answered me again from heaven, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again in he into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent from, to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house, talking about Cornelius. And he told us how he had, been, he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord. How he said, John, indeed, baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If, therefore, God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand or could, could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, that God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Whew. Wow. Can you just imagine how excited Peter was trying to explain this? I mean, he is, you know, going, look, this is what happened. And I could just, I could just hear him in his excitement just trying to say, listen, I saw, you know, I saw these people place their faith, and it was a miraculous event. I mean, these three guys showed up. They even knew where I was staying. They knew to come to this house in Joppa at this Tanner's house, and I was just there having a meal, and these guys show up, and then the vision says, hey, there's going to be some guys standing at the door, and then ding-dong, like, what? And then there they goes down, and there they are. It's like the craziest thing ever. What in the world is going on, you know? Now, I love this. Because I love hearing stories of unlikely converts. Unlikely people to come to faith in Christ, and yet they do. I love those stories. Here's what I mean. Someone who doesn't seem like the typical person who would place their faith in Christ, they maybe don't fit the mold of our expectations, and, the, and then lo and behold, they do that, that very thing. They Maybe someone that we... Maybe, maybe it's someone of certain, you know, celebrity status. And then we hear they've come to faith in Christ. And then we're like, wow, this is, I love those stories. I love those stories. In fact, let me, let me have some little fun, a little fun, if you'll allow me some liberty to have fun this morning. Let me show you a first picture. Does anybody know who this is? First picture. Who is it? Alice Cooper. Did you know Alice Cooper got saved? Alice Cooper is a born-again believer, you know? And, 
And it's so crazy. And now you're going to, these examples that I'm showing you, you're going to look at and go, clearly he's a Gen Xer, right? Because I'm, I'm going to be showing you, you're going to go, who are these people? They're all old. Uh, and uh, so Alice Cooper, uh, quintessential rocker. I mean, hardcore. And you listen to him share his faith. It's incredible. Incredible how he just shares his faith. And he, he talks about, he says, you know, he got to a point, he makes this statement in, his, in, a, in an interview that he said, it wasn't just so much me accepting Jesus as it was coming to a point of realizing that Jesus accepted me. And he said that, and, and because of that, it made it easier for him to accept Jesus. How incredible is that? We should celebrate when we hear of unlikely people, unlikely converts coming to faith in Christ. Let's see, do you guys know who this is? <laughs> I pity the fool, right? That's my best Mr. T. That's all I got, all right? So, Mr. T has been a Christian for a long time. But let me tell you something that you may not have known. What's his catchphrase? I pity the fool. I pity the fool. Did you know in an interview that he had with Conan O'Brien, he said, the phrase I pity the fool is really a picture of the Bible and how God has mercy upon people who do foolish things. And I thought, holy smoke, his catchphrase is the gospel. I pity the fool means I have mercy upon people who do foolish things. And I thought, I never knew that Mr. T's catchphrase was pointing us to the gospel. And here he is. And he says, that's where it was founded. That was its basis. And I thought, that's just incredible. How about this guy? Do you know who this one is? <laughs> Everybody's going, I don't know about this one. This one's crazy. How about this? We're not going to take it. No. This is Twisted Sister. This is Dee Snyder. Dee Snyder, the lead singer of Twisted Sister, who's saying, we're not going to take it. He is a born-again Christian. And, yeah, it's just incredible, incredible to hear some of his story and to hear some of these things. The, 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 yeah, Twisted Sister, front man, Dee Snyder. What? How about this guy? Anybody know who this next one is? Bass guitarist for Molly Crew, Nikki Six. This is Nikki Six, uh, bass guitarist for Motley Crew. Uh, just a few years ago, came to faith in Christ. And let me tell you something about his story. Shortly after he became a Christian, there were other Christians that began to attack him. Other Christian Christian rock bands, some, some guys that were Christians that were part of Christian rock bands, and they began to criticize him. And they criticized him saying, well, I don't really know that his faith is genuine. I really don't know because, you know, let me, let me put it this way. Do I agree with every, every point that all four of these guys that I've shown, do I agree with them on everything? Maybe everything that they believe? Probably not but I should celebrate the fact that they have said yes to Jesus. I should celebrate that and not get so caught up in nitpicking and saying, well, I heard that one guy 
had a relapse with drugs where I heard that one guy, I heard him say a cuss word one time. And if he were really saved, he wouldn't have, really, that's the, that's the basis of our faith? That we, can never, that we can never sin again? That we can never say a cuss word? Listen, we're all in trouble. We're all in trouble if that's the basis. Listen, the, the grace of God is bigger than that. It's bigger than that. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, instead of the criticism that these guys get sometimes from, from others, saying, well, I don't know if they're, we'll, we'll wait, we'll see if their faith is real or not. And the, very, the skepticism about it, maybe we should hold off on the skepticism and say, you know what, maybe someone needs to disciple them. So here's the lesson for the skeptics. Look again at verse 18, Acts 11, 18. When they heard these things, Peter just finished all saying all of that stuff, right? When they heard these things, they became silent. When we hear of the salvation of others that are perhaps unlikely converts, our mouths should be silenced of criticism, skepticism, cynicism, or any other ism that questions another person's expressed faith in Jesus. We should celebrate. We should celebrate. Because once our isms are silenced, what can we do? We can then worship Jesus. Listen again. When they heard these things, they became silent. What happened? Their contention was silenced. Their contention was stopped. And they glorified God, saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. You know, it's easy. It's easy to start with the contention, isn't it? Oh, but I heard them. Oh, I saw, I heard this about, oh, I don't know if it's a real conversion. I don't know if he really, well, we'll wait and see. And then we, we, we sit back in judgment of someone who's placed their faith in Christ and had a, had a public statement that they believe in Christ, and then we're critical of it. But here's another observation. Unlikely converts, like the Gentiles, like Nikki Six. Alice Cooper, those guys, unlikely converts are the result of unlikely evangelists. That's what it's the result of. Peter wasn't the likely person to go and share his faith with him, was he? I mean, Peter was the least likely person to go to the Gentiles and tell them. In fact, if you remember from last week, when he got to Cornelius' house, he was like, now, why did you guys invite me here? What am I here for? You know? He was so clueless, even though he had spent all of his time since Pentecost preaching the gospel, and here he, for years he's been doing that, and now he shows up at the Gentiles, and he's like, what, what's going on? Why am I here? God uses unlikely people to win the souls of unlikely people. You know, Peter is a good example of that. So here's, here's what I think of all of that. What do, what do we think of all of that? We're all unlikely converts, aren't we? I mean, really, that's all of us. All of us were unlikely to come to Jesus. 
God. He stepped in. It just simply does what? It demonstrates the power of God. It demonstrates the power of God. So, when I begin with the statement, we should celebrate when we hear of people placing their faith in Jesus, silence the criticism, silence the skepticism, silence the cynicism, silence that, and then begin with praise God. Praise God that another unlikely person just like me because I was unlikely too and yet he saved me.